Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. Good morning, church. I hope you are doing well, staying safe and healthy uh, during these very difficult times, perhaps the second wave of this whole COVID-19. Today we are celebrating as Thanksgiving Sunday. You know, traditionally and typically, what Thanksgiving Sunday means, as we reflect upon what God has done in our lives throughout the whole year, all the blessings that he poured out to us, as we reflect upon them, we simply give our grateful and thankful heart back to the Lord. But if you are honest with me, this year is very different feeling, right? Perhaps you find uneasy, if not difficult, to give a proper and right thankful heart or a grateful heart to the Lord. Perhaps you're saying, Pastor, see what God has taken away from my life during this pandemic crisis. I got laid off. I'm worrying about making all these coming bills, mortgaging and everything. I'm really struggling as I'm being stuck here as lockdown, dealing with my kids and dealing with my all the house matters. I don't know. How can I give a proper thanks to the Lord during this very difficult time? Because I feel like God has taken away everything that he has given to me before. I feel you, my brothers and sisters, that I'm sure God can feel your heart as he is with you, right with you, sharing all your pains and struggles with you. But as I was reflecting upon the true meaning of Thanksgiving during this very difficult time, I feel like God is telling us, God is telling you this message about the true meaning of Thanksgiving. You know, as we are living in this world that is full of stuff, prosperity, the consumerism-oriented society, we tend to think that Thanksgiving is kind of transactional. Oh God, you have given me this much, I'll give you this back. But isn't that what God is telling us during these very difficult times? That David, why don't you go back to a foundation and true meaning and heart of Thanksgiving? You're not giving your thankful heart and grateful heart back to me because of everything that has given to you. No, simply because of the relationship that you have with me. Isn't that enough reason that you can give thankful and grateful heart back to the Lord? Amen? This year, as we are going through this Thanksgiving Sunday and Thanksgiving week, I would encourage and challenge you to find the things that you can be thankful for, especially because of your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. In addition to that, I would also challenge you Try to find the things that you have been taken for granted, right? That you can actually be thankful because of them. Great example, how about air, right? Until then we wear, we wear masks, you know, we take for granted. Oh, air is right there. I don't care. Oh, breathing in, breathing out. But this particular pandemic crisis is also a great reminder how grateful we are because God has given us this fresh air. God has given us our lungs and mouths and nose that we can actually have ability to breathe in and breathe out to survive and to live, right? I would encourage you this Thanksgiving season and this Sunday, you reflect upon the things that you have taken for granted that you can be thankful for God. And most importantly, you can still be thankful for God 
because of your relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Great example is actually found in Old Testament. A guy named by Job. Many of you know the story, right? After God allowed Satan, taking away everything that he had, house, property, children, and even his own health as well. After he lost everything, this is a statement that he made. Book of Job chapter 1 and verse 21, he says, God gave and God has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. At least this guy, Job, knew the true meaning of thanksgiving is not because of stuff and blessings that God has given us, like, transactionally. No, simply because of my relationship with you, Lord. You gave, you have taken away. It's all yours. That's fine with me. I still bless you, Lord. I still praise you, Lord. I still give you my highest honor. I pray that that will be your true heart and meaning of thanksgiving this year. Today, we are also celebrating as Stewardship Sunday. As we mean, and we are starting and embarking hold this true stewardship campaign until the end of the year. I would encourage you as you reflect upon true relationship that you have with our Lord Jesus Christ. As you try to find out the things that you have taken for granted, as you try to find out blessings from them, I would actually encourage you to decide to be a generous giver of your talents, of your money, treasure, and of your time as well for our 2021. But if I'm honest with you, as I'm preparing this message as a preacher, minister of the gospel, I found uneasy, if not very difficult, to preach this giving or stewardship sermon to you. In my heart, one side of Mar is telling me, David, you know what your peoples are going through. They suffered enough. They have gone through a lot in terms of finance and relational, emotional, and even spiritually. How can you ask people to give? I had to kneel down and pray for weeks and try to read a lot of passages in the Bible. And until I found this one, I, wasn't un I was uneasy. But as I was reading the, today's passage, Gospel of Mark chapter 14, Find out from this unnamed woman's true and generous and loving heart and act of her giving. Now I am passionate because that really helped me to remind and reassure the true meaning of giving, true meaning of being a generous and also loving, you know, stewards to our Lord. Today's title for the message is giving that touches the heart of God. Say that with me, giving that touches the heart of God. Don't you want to, don't you want the happening as according to this title, whenever you give, that really not only please make God happy, but that can really touch the deep inside of his heart. That's what we hope to find out. How can we give that will also touch the heart of our Lord? Many of you know, during the last week of Jesus' life, also to be known as a Passion Week, there are three people who figure prominently. There is Judah, who betrayed Jesus Christ because of this, the 30 pieces of silver. There is also Peter, who denied Jesus Christ throughout Jesus Christ's suffering, perhaps most difficult times, Thursday night and Friday, the day of crucifixion. 
And there is this woman, according to our passage, unnamed woman, who anoint Jesus Christ. Before the failure of Judah and before the failure of Peter, this woman, during the last week of Jesus' life, gave her heart, anoint Jesus. What's really interesting to me, though, the story of Judah, the story of Peter, we all know, right? It's very common knowledge to us. But this story of unnamed woman who anointed Jesus Christ with everything that she had, and we don't really know about that. Even though the Jesus Christ said here in verse 9, after all what's happening um, with her and Jesus, this is what the statement that Jesus Christ made for her. He says this, Truly I tell you, wherever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. Wow. Do you know what Jesus Christ said? Do you know what he meant here? He said, because of your generous and loving heart of giving, I, my heart been deeply touched by your love. From now on, my message, the gospel message is going to be delivered to whole world. Your story is going to be told. Your testimony is going to be told in remembrance of you. Oh my Lord. As I was just reading this passage, I was just fixated my heart on this word by word. And as I was reflect upon what Jesus Christ said, this is fascinating. Perhaps this is the highest compliment or highest praise that Jesus Christ had given to anybody in the world, right? Including the disciples and apostles. I want this. My heart was kind of burning and filled with passion. You know, whenever I give to the Lord, Lord, I want this that you are to give to me. Whenever I give to you, Lord, because of my heart, that your heart been touched by my loving and caring, generous giving to you, I want this. Wherever my message is going to be delivered, whole word, your story, David, your testimony is going to be also told in remembrance of you. Don't you want that? So let's find out how can we have that kind of highest compliment as we are to give to our God. Setting out the passage here. Very simple story. Perhaps it's the three days before the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ, last week of his life, right? And as Jesus Christ was having dinner and in Bethany, in a house called Simon the leper, this woman walked into the house and brought this lavish and expensive alabaster jar and broke it and anointed Jesus Christ through her hair, through her head and whole body. Looking at what she was doing, and disciples were so mad and upset. According to our passage, they scored her harshly. They did that by saying that, what a waste. You could do, use this to help those who are in need. The poorest, you could have helped so many poorest. Why did you do that? Such a waste. Rebuking those disciples, you know, Jesus Christ said, no, 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 no. This woman did a, such a beautiful thing. Today's passage talk about this, uh, use the word beautiful, but in Greek, this woman did you know, wonderful and wondrous, marvelous, outstanding, whatever the greatest adjective that you would to describe her action. Jesus used that word to describe her action. And she said, and then Jesus Christ said, 
She did what she could do for me. I mean, you can help those poors anytime. But she did exactly what I needed to bless for my burial after the crucifixion. And he made this profound compliment and highest praise. Account in verse 9. Let me read it again. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the word, she, what she has done will be also told in memory of her. Now, what is it? Really make her giving that really touching the heart of our God. Let's find out. I can see a couple of things from this passage here. The first thing here is what really touches the heart of our God is her action of radical generosity. Did you say that with me? Her action of radical generosity. Her giving was not contained. Her giving was not calculated. She literally gave everything that she had. Let's find out here, verse 3. Passage says, A while he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Made of pure nard, she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Wow. That's really interesting to me. And she brought this expensive and lavish Elevator jar, which contains this uh, invaluable perfume made of nard. Today's passage says the value of that perfume and elevator jar is equal to the yearly wage. So let's bring it to our life. What's our average salary, annual salary? Let's say the six, 50,000 bucks, okay? So the worth of this perfume with this elevator jar is about 50,000 thousand dollars let me ask a question has any any one of you especially woman had this worth of perfume in your life no right this is expensive this is a lavish many of you probably think oh okay she gave expensive one so god like expensive giving god like giving god cares for this amount and god cares for this number value no that's not what it really says here Okay, don't ever let the value of this alabaster jar and perfume fool you. You got to find out the true meaning that is embedded in this alabaster jar. According to the biblical scholar, you know, that time when Jesus Christ lived, the woman's, their dream is to have this alabaster jar. But unfortunately, the woman was not allowed to work to accumulate their wealth. Right? So it's extremely difficult to have this whole ear worth of very valuable perfume that is in this alabaster jar. So a lot of them, a lot of times what happens is usually their parents or their great parents are giving as inheritance, lifetime inheritance to women. Okay? And what is that actually used and purpose of this perfume in the alabaster jar? Usually it's used for one of two very important events for woman's life. Either this to be used during the marriage ceremony to bless her with this expensive perfume, or especially when the woman is dying on the time of burial. You see that? Alabaster jar, you know, this perfume, it's not just expensive one. No, it really represents 
the who she is, her past, great, thankful heart from her parents and her great parents as inheritance, knowing that you belong to my family. This also represents her, 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 her present. Here's the reason why, because this alabaster jar gives her security, her safety, and her value. This also, you know, guaranteed her blessed future at the time of her burial. You see that this alabaster jar perfume is not just expensive one. It really represents her life, her past and present and future. This one also identifies who she is. This is her. This is her life, her past, her present, and her future life. That's how much value is in here, this alabaster jar. And she gave this alabaster jar perfume and willing and wholeheartedly to our Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. What is your alabaster jar? What is it? What represents your life? What represents your future? What represents or identifies your life? Perhaps it's your house. Perhaps it's your degree. Perhaps it's your job. Perhaps it's your power, fame that you have. Perhaps it's your children or your own family. Whatever that is. Whatever that identifies your life. Would you be willing to give to the Lord? Think about that. Think about it. It takes a moment right now. Would you be able to give that to the Lord? As I was thinking about what will be my alabaster jar, and immediately I knew my alabaster jar is my beloved daughter, Grace. You know, how long that we've been praying and trying, my wife and myself try to have a baby, right? More than 80 years of waiting time and more than three years of trying and getting even the in the help of medical technology. And finally, God gave this beautiful princess grace in my life. She's my alabaster jar. She was my past. Always wanting to have such a beautiful daughter. And that she is. Amen. And she's my present. And she is also my future. But according to this passage, this passage is challenging me. And asking me that, David, are you willing to give? Your alabaster jar, your daughter to me, right? I found really uneasy to think about giving her. Now, to remind you that God is not asking me to sacrifice her, right? Or make her a pastor or missionary. No, 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 no. God doesn't say it to the passage here. Now we know, the, you know that clearly from the, the story in the Old Testament, book of Genesis. Remember the story of Abraham, Isaac, you know, Abraham and also Sarah. They did not have, you know, a kid until that he was 100 years old. Sarah was 90. She was barren. But because of the blessings and guidance and miracles of God, God has given them a beautiful son. His name, his name is Isaac. And what happened afterwards? God commanded Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Wow. Think about that. Didn't make any sense today, Abraham. Well, Lord, you promised me through my offspring, my sons, my descendants, I'll be the father of the whole nation. You promised me that my offsprings, my descendants, as numerous as the sands on the beach and the stars in the sky, that doesn't make any sense. I'm sure Abraham was deeply distressed and he was confused. But what did he do? 
Bible says, next day, next day, he went with a, you know, Isaac on top of the Moriah mountain. And he was just about to sacrifice. What happened? God said, stop. <laughs> I found this great, you know, words of encouragement for this to work. Stop. So that means God didn't want to sacrifice my alabaster jar. That means my grace. You know that? God's grace is amazing. Even though he commanded us to sacrifice our alabaster jar, whatever that represents our life, he didn't really mean to give. Sell your house, give to the church. Sell your all money and possession and saving, give it to the church. Or sacrifice, give up your job and go and become a missionary. God is not saying that. God wants your heart. As he commanded to Abraham and sacrificed Isaac, what God prepared is there is the sacrificial lamb has been stuck in, the, in a bundle bush, right? That's our God is. God wants to know your heart. See that? God wants to see, are you being willing to sacrifice and give whatever that defines your life? If you're honest with me, we like giving that is calculated, that is contained, and especially that is left over, right? We like to give that is left over. You know, which reminds me of this story. You know, during this Thanksgiving holiday time, remember the one of the renowned company that produced this turkey, which is Buttable, okay? Buttable Turkey Company always sets up this hotline to answer customer questions about preparing holiday turkeys. By the way, this is a real true story. One day, a woman called to inquire about cooking a turkey that had been in her freezer for about 23 years. Can you believe that? And the operator told her it might be safe if the freezer had been kept below zero during the entire time. But also the operator warned the woman that even if it were safe, the flavor, the flavor had probably deteriorated over those 23 years of time. So she said, I wouldn't recommend eating it. After this woman thought for a moment and said to the operator, oh, you know what? That's what I thought. I'll just give it to the church. I know it's a hilarious and funny, but real story. If you're honest with me, isn't that a lot of times that our heart to give our Lord leftover? Right? But that is not the kind of giving that reflects a vital faith or a desire to honor God. Can you imagine in today's story, if a woman coming into the house of Simon the leper and presenting Jesus with this meal, let's say the turkey meal that had been in her freezer for 23 years. I'm sure God is not going to be pleased, not to mention touching his heart, right? Make sure to give what's best. That's why I believe tithing is important. I know many of you are feeling uneasy about giving 10% or tithing. I think that what's more important is it's not about 10%. It is about the first fruit. It is about your alabaster jar. It is about whatever that you think most important. It is about what's your priority when it comes to give. It is about your heart. That's what cares for. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need your talents or time, right? 
He can use anybody, even wicked ones, to fulfill his kingdom and his gospel, right? God is the creator. He doesn't need anything from you. But what he needs from you is your heart. The very best way is to give your heart of your olive jar, whatever represents your life. Amen. In a lot of times, giving requires stretching faith. I think the giving is like this over event. In a lot of times, we think, oh, you know what? This much is that I can give. Oh, there's no way I can give this much. There's no way I can get this much. But like this rubber band, as you are stretching, stretching, stretching your faith, God not only be pleased, God's heart not only be touched, but he will give you more and more in abundantly. Amen? I heard the story about Scott Lewis, the owner of Scott Machinery, back in 1950s. 1950s, okay? He attended a conference where Bill Bride, anyone recognize his name? He's the founder of CCC, which represents Campus Crusade for Christ. He was a main speaker, and he was actually encouraging about giving, radical acts of giving, to be able to accomplish and raise about a million dollar, 1950 million dollar, to start his movement about CCC. After he heard this great, great preaching, you know, Bill came to Scott personally and he asked him, by the way, Scott, how much did you give last year? Oh, Scott was just filled with his proud saying that I gave about 30% of my company's total profit. $17,000. Because at the time, his annual profit was around $50,000. Without even blinking his eyes, Bill challenged and encouraged, you know, Scott to give more by saying, by the way, Scott, why don't you actually increase your giving? The same as your profit next year, $50,000. Scott thought Bill was crazy. You know, didn't you hear what I said? That's the total amount that I made the last year. Now you're saying that I have to give the whole profit. And how am I going to leave? How am I going to support? How am I going to continue to my company? But after he went back from conference, as he was praying and talking to his wife with his faith, he decided to stretch his faith and set this unrealized, un, you know, unrealistic goal of giving $50,000 next year. You know what happened? God provided him through his company. He was able to give $50,000 more and abundantly left over that he can continue to do his own business. Following year, now he knew the power of the stretching faith. So he was able to stretch more and he decided to give $100,000. And God also provides more and abundantly. Right before the millennium, 2000, you know, his company was able to finally give $1 million to this foundation. But you know what the good thing is? His giving hasn't stopped yet because he knew the secret or the power of stretching his faith and give to the Lord. God gives much more you know, than your faith. Think about that. Your faith is this much? Oh, God will give you this much. But your faith is actually stretching and stretching and stretching and this much more and more. And God is willing to give you more and more abundantly. I would encourage you, brothers and sisters, what's your elevator jar? 
What is it that you're willing to give? What is it that you're willing to give? Your giving has been the great mark that has touched the God's heart, or you, your giving is just shameful, you know, giving the leftover. And God doesn't even say, you know what? I don't want that. I'm not a beggar. I'm not a homeless. I don't want, I don't need that leftover. Think about that. Whenever you give, make sure to give with your whole heart. Heart is the one that God cares for. How did she give here? I think that's really important. Verse 3 says here, he was in Bethany reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper. The woman came with alabaster jar. We talked about that. A very expensive perfume and made of pure nard. She broke the jar. Everybody said broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. You know, alabaster jar has contained such an important, invaluable perfume which was about like 10 to 15 ounces. So what usually happens is kind of sealed within the wax because you have to hold this alabaster jar as your you know, life, right? Until that you die, until that you buried. So make sure that you seal with the wax so that whole perfume is not going to be disposed. This woman could have done, take the seal of wax out and open the cap and pour a little bit. Right? And bless Jesus Christ on his head. But she didn't do that. She broke what's really important. She broke widely open what really represents and identifies her life. You see that? Why her acts of giving is so radical? Because she didn't just take a little thief and portion and give. No, she completely gave herself. Broke. This alabaster jar, that means there is no way back. When she gave, she knew that my life, my present, my future life is no longer depend upon this alabaster jar. My life is depends upon our Lord Jesus Christ, who is the King of the kings and Lord of the Lord, who came down for our salvation. See that? Somehow she knew that. Perhaps from the, you know, the previous preaching, perhaps from this, any encounter that she had, from any story that Jesus, story of Jesus Christ, she heard. She knew that I am going to put my present and future, my life upon this man, Messiah, true Savior. That's why she completely broke her alabaster jar wide open. And there is a big and amazing, profound power in it. 20th century American evangelist, whose name is Vance Hardner, he talked about the power of being broken open, okay, um, from his one of books. He said this, and I quote, God uses broken things, broken soil to produce a crop, broken clouds to give, to give rain, broken grain to give bread, broken bread to give strength. It is the broken alabaster jar that gives forest perfume. Amen. You see the power of being broken? When you give, you give completely your heart. When you give, you give the same way this woman gave her alabaster jar, completely breaking. There is no other, there is no, you know, the left, there is no setting aside because when you give to God, that should be your heart. I give my life to you, Lord. 
John Wesley, the founder of Methodist denomination, once wrote the power of his broken openness from his note. It's about his preaching schedule and result note. Let me put it that way. Let me say it about his, what he says his note here. Sunday a.m. May 5, preached in St. Anne's, was asked not to come back anymore. Sunday p.m. May 5, preached at St. John's, Deacon said, get out and stay out. Sunday a.m. May 12, preached at St. Jude, cannot go back there either. Sunday p.m. May 12, preached at St. George's, kicked out again. Sunday a.m. May 19th, preached at St. Anthony's, Deacon called a special meeting and said, I couldn't return. Sunday p.m. May 19th, preached on the street, kicked off the street. And finally, Sunday p.m. June 2nd, afternoon service, preached in pasture. 10,000 people came to the Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Wow, how did that happen to John Wesley? I think that happens because he was willing to be broken open. You see that? The way he was giving his life, his heart to the Lord. He was willing to pour himself out for the sake of Jesus Christ, like this woman in today's story. He didn't care what other people thought. This woman didn't care about anger and scolding from Jesus Christ's disciple. She was willing to be broken open for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we have committed ourselves to Christ, then like this unnamed woman, then like John and Wesley, then like Scott, in also the story of our gospel, we will hold nothing back in our devotion and dedication to our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter the cost or no matter what the other people think, we give ourselves. Amen. I know giving is really difficult. But from the lesson that we learned from this story, from the Mark's gospel, from this unnamed woman, if you give yourself, your alabaster jar, whatever that represents your life, truly and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And not only our God is going to be pleased and happy by your giving, but his heart is going to be touched. Let me just remind you again by reading this verse 9 here. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be taught in remembrance of her. I pray that whatever we are to give, may your giving, may my giving, that is filled with our heart, that is filled with our life, when we give to our Lord, may we receive this compliment. May we receive this highest praise from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the lesson that you have given us. Lord, may we reflect upon what our alabaster jar is, what represents our heart, what identifies who we are. May we be willing to give the heart of our life and heart of our alabaster jar to you, Lord, until that we receive this greatest and highest compliments by you being touched by our generous and loving and caring heart. Lord, we want to give to you, Lord, not because of the things that you have done. We want to give our heart. We want to give our life to you, Lord. 
because you are our Ava Father. You are my Father. You are our Ava Father. Relationship that you allow us to have with you, Lord. We pray for all in our only Savior, Jesus Christ's name. And God's people say, Amen.